0: Welcome to this Word on Wednesday podcast, for June 9. My name is Don Mason. It's great you could join us. Personal identity is the subject of much robust discussion today. Is our identity defined by what we feel about our colour or gender or something else? There are white people who say they feel black. And I recently heard of someone who didn't feel their legs were theirs. The capacity for choice is one of the most exciting and yet most frightening things about our humanity. For with the power to choose, there is the moral responsibility to choose well. If we were robots, we could say our decisions were the outcome of the way we were programmed. If we were animals, we could say our decisions were shaped by our genetic code. But we are neither robots nor animals. We are human beings and the matter of choice is in our hands. When we think about it, our decisions are dependent upon assumptions we've made about life, and these assumptions include the spiritual values we might have. Come with me to a parable that opens up a very big picture about life. It's found only in the Gospel of Mark, where we read, Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day and the seed would sprout and grow. He doesn't know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk then the head then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe at once he goes in with his sickle because the harvest has come. This fascinating parable focuses on the reality of God and the supernatural activity of His kingdom, the sowing of seed and the harvest. To understand the parable, we need to read it in the context of Jesus' overall ministry. In Mark 1, verse 15, He proclaims, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. With Jesus' coming, God's kingdom or rule is now present in a new and vital way. God's king or ruler has come in person. His mission, spoken of in the parable as seed, time and harvest, brings the supernatural realm into human affairs. But just as a seed remains hidden, so is the seed of God's kingdom hidden. The parable helps us to begin to understand God's greater purposes and His way of working. The evidence of His existence is around us in the nature of the universe, but the proofs of this, and His supernatural rule in Jesus Christ, remain hidden. Yet in the same way that Jesus' predictions concerning His arrest and trial, crucifixion and resurrection were fulfilled, we can be sure that the prediction of His return and bringing in the harvest of His people will also be revealed. Paul the Apostle, in writing to God's people in Colossae, tells us that with the coming of Jesus Christ, the new age of God's kingdom dawned. This new age coexists with the old, which the New Testament refers to as the world. For the present, a door is open, allowing people to pass from the old age to the new. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, Paul writes of God's hidden supernatural work. God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. In turning to Jesus as the Lord, our whole relationship with God changes. Paul speaks of everyone who turns to Christ as dying with Him. We read this in Colossians chapter 2, verse 20. And in Colossians chapter 3 verse 1, Paul says, So if you have been raised with Christ. While physically we're still in the old world, God's people now move in the sphere of resurrection life. We should let the light of this sphere of eternity fall on all we think and feel, say and do. Live, Paul is saying, as though you belong not on the earth, but in heaven. This means sitting at the feet of the enthroned Jesus Christ and letting our minds and hearts be instructed by His Word, not least on matters such as our identity, gender and relationships. It's understandable that we hear the voices of those around us asking us how we feel, but Paul urges every one of us who has this new life in the Lord Jesus to see ourselves and our identity the challenges and the troubles of life, through the lens of the glory of our life to come. Paul develops this, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. For the present, others only see our physical bodies. The reality of our new and eternal life is hidden. However, what is now hidden will one day be disclosed everyone will see the harvest of which Jesus speaks in his parable. So Paul writes, When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. In today's world, the idea of Christ bursting through the skies in a blazing display of power and glory seems pure science fiction. But the Bible leaves us in no doubt from cover to cover, it tells us that the world is going somewhere and that the final outcome will be the return of God's King. In recent times, there's been a revival of interest in 16th century England and especially the reigns of Henry VIII and Elizabeth I. Writing on Thomas Cranmer's response to the news of Anne Boleyn's execution on false charges, Dermot McCulloch records Cranmer's words to a close friend. She who has been the Queen of England on earth will today become a Queen of Heaven. In Revelation chapter 21, we read the words of St. John. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They'll be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. Let me pray. Lord God, the strength of all who put their trust in You, mercifully accept our prayers. And because through the weakness of our mortal nature, we can do nothing good without You, Grant us the help of your grace, so that in keeping your commandments we may please you both in word and deed. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, and Catherine Jacob, a minister for women's ministry at the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama. The concluding music is also from the cathedral. Prayers are from an Australian prayer book, 1978. The opening music is from St. Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, and the Alleluia Chorus from Handel's Messiah is sung by the Chamber Choir of St. Andrew's Cathedral under the direction of Ross Cobb. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you.